Steve Sherlock for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass area FM dial 102.9. April was Poetry Month, and at the Franklin Public Library, we held a favorite poem project reading on April 29th. You'll be able to listen to each reader say their name, the title of the poem they're going to read, and why it means something to them. My name is Pamela Bongus McIntyre. The title of this poem is The Journey by Mary Oliver. And I love this poem because it's about coming home. And it's about um, prioritizing the truth of who you are and letting go of what no longer serves you. And sometimes that means people who need too much from you or um, things that are no longer of value to you. So, The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice. Though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Men my life, each voice cried but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world. Determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life that you could save. My name is Pamela Bongus McIntyre. The title of this poem is Love After Love by Derek Walcott. It has, um, again, the theme of coming home and who am I truly? And how do I be in my authentic self? Love After Love by Derek Walcott. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door, in your own mirror, and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. I'm, I'm, I'm Bill Wiley, uh, and I'm gonna uh, read a song, a Beatles song, uh, And I Love Her written by Paul McCartney, and 
there's a question whether John helped it or not. John says he did, and Paul doesn't remember him <laughs> contributing, so. <laughs> nah, Paul McCartney wrote most of the song. Nah. And, and I always love this song. I give her all my love, that's all I do. And if you saw my love, you'd love her too. I love her. She gives me everything and tenderly. The kiss my lover brings, she brings to me. And I love her. A love like ours will never die. As long as I have you near me. Bright are the stars that shine. Bright is the sky. I know this love of mine will never die. And I love her. Then there's an instrumental break, and then I repeat. Bright are the stars that shine. Dark is the sky. I know this love of mine will never die, and I love her. So my name is Mark Cohen, and I'll be reading two poems by Billy Collins. The first one is the title, Wheel Day. And what I like about this poem is that it brings you to a different place, a world below the sea. And Billy Collins just has this ability to just bring you from sitting in your living room to a strange new place. You never know where you're going. So I will be reading Wheel Day. Today I was awakened by strong coffee and the awareness that the earth is busy with wheels, even though we can't see any unless we have embarked on a wheel watch, which would be disappointing if we still couldn't see any. I can see the steam rising from my yellow cup, the usual furniture scattered about and even some early light filtering through the palms. Meanwhile, thousands of wheels are cruising along at various speeds under the seas. Crisscrossing one another, slaloming in and out of the Gulf Stream, some with their calves traveling alongside such big blunt heads they have. So is it too much to ask that one day a year be set aside for keeping in mind while we step onto a bus, consume a ham sandwich, we're stooped to pick up a coin from the sidewalk. The multitude of these mammoth creatures coasting between the continents, some for the fun of it, others purposeful in their journeys. All concealed under the sea unless somewhere one breaks the surface with an astonishing upheaval of water and all the people in yellow slickers rush to one side of the boat to point, out, point and shout and wonder how to tell their friends about the day they saw a whale. So my name is Mark Cohen. The second poem by Billy Collins is Mice. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I was normally alone in my childhood, a condition that gave me time to observe the activities of the many mice that infested our house. One winter night when the house next door burned to a crisp. They all ran across the snow, covered lawn to find places to hide in their new home. Then later they discovered the kitchen which was like Columbus discovering America because the kitchen was already there. <laughs> Little history lesson there. I became their only spectator, 
like someone alone in a movie house. I, I could even tell some of them apart, but I resisted giving them names, afraid they would all disappear if our house happened to burst into flames. Oh, anonymous companions, appearing in a hole in the wall, always scurrying out of my reach. So many hours I would watch you co your comings and goings before someone called me down to dinner. You were the beginning of cinema for me, and one of the reasons I am the way I am this morning, an elderly child with a tummy full of oatmeal and a mouse on my shoulder, standing on its hind legs, whispering in my ear. So my name is Jordi Perez. The title of the poem I'm going to read is um, Batter My Heart, Three-Person God by John Donne. And it's my favorite poem for many reasons, but um, I'll say probably for the last line, which makes a paradoxical statement. And in the topic, paradoxes are paradoxes because they're contradictory, but they're both true. And, um, well, I'll begin. Batter my heart. Batter my heart, three-person God. For you, as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand, overthrow me, and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. I, like an usurped town to another do, labor to admit you, but oh, to no end. Reason, your viceroy in me, me should defend, but is captive and proves weak or untrue. Yet dearly I love you and would be loved fain, but am betrothed unto your enemy. Divorce me, untie or break that knot again. Take me to you, imprison me, for I, except you enthrall me, never shall be free, nor ever chaste, except you ravish me. My name is Faith Flaherty. The title of my poem is The Lanyard by Billy Collins. <laughs> and I chose this poem because on Easter, when I went to church, the priest gave a homily and he was saying, it's the juxtaposition of it that got me. He was saying, we can never repay Jesus for what he did on the cross. And for some reason, I thought of Billy Collins' poem, The Lanyard. <laughs> it's just funny. It just struck my funny bone. That's why I am reading The Lanyard by Billy Collins. The other day, I was ricocheting slowly off the blue walls of this room, moving as if underwater from typewriter to piano, from bookshelf to an envelope lying on the floor, when I found myself in the L section of the dictionary, where my eyes fell upon the word lanyard. No cookie nimble by a French novelist could send one into the past more suddenly a past where I sat at a workbench at a camp by a deep Adirondack lake, learning how to braid long, thin plastic strips into a lanyard, a gift for my mother. I had never seen anyone use a lanyard or wear one, if that's what you did with one, 
But that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard for my mother. She gave me life and milk from her breast, and I gave her a lanyard. She nursed me in many a sick room, lifted spoons of medicine to my lips, laid cold face cloths on my forehead, and then led me out into the airy light and taught me how to walk and swim, and I, in turn, presented her with a lanyard. Here are thousands of meals, she said, and here is clothing and a good education. And here is your lanyard, I replied, which I made with a little help from my counselor. Here is a breathing body and a beating heart, strong legs, bone and teeth, and two clear eyes to read the world, she whispered. And here, I said, is a lanyard I made at camp. And here, I wish to say to her now, is a smaller gift, not the worn truth that you can never repay your mother, but the rueful omission that when she took the two-tone lanyard from my hand, I was as, as sure as a boy could be that this useless, worthless thing I wore out of boredom would be enough to make us even. My name is Camille Bernstein, and um, the poem I'm going to read is Failing and Flying by Jack Gilbert. Um, one reason, um, it was really hard for me to choose favorite poems, so I'm calling this one of my 200 favorite poems. But one reason I like this is because I love any contemporary poem that plays on historical figures or biblical figures and retells um, a story that we heard as youth, and then um, you look at it in a different way. So I'm kind of obsessed with poems that tell the story of Icarus, um, and this one is that. Failing and Flying by Jack Gilbert. Everyone forgets that Icarus also flew. It's the same when love comes to an end, or the marriage fails and people say they knew it was a mistake that everybody said it would never work, that she was old enough to know better. But anything worth doing is worth doing badly, like being there by that summer ocean on the other side of the island while love was fading out of her, the stars burning so extravagantly those nights that anyone could tell you they would never last. Every morning, she was asleep in my bed like a visitation the gentleness in her like an antelope standing in the dawn mist. Each afternoon I watched her coming back through the hot stony field after swimming, the sea light behind her and the huge sky on the other side of that. Listen to her while we ate lunch. How can they say the marriage failed? Like the people who come back from Provence when it was Provence. And they said it was pretty, but the food was greasy. I believe Icarus was not failing as he fell. He was just coming to the end of his triumph. The title is The Thing Is by Ellen Bass. And I chose this poem because it came to me um, 
about three years ago when I was just like worn out by the world, worn out by everything going on and feeling a lot of despair from doom scrolling and thinking, how are we going to get through this? Um, so I think it's great advice. Not even advice, but just a statement of truth. The thing is, by Ellen Bass, the thing is to love life, to love it even when you have no stomach for it, and everything you've held dear crumbles like burnt paper in your hands, your throat filled with the silt of it. When grief sits with you, its tropical heat thickening the air, heavy as water, more fit for gills than lungs. When grief weighs you down like your own flesh, only more of it, an obesity of grief, you think, how can a body withstand this? Then you hold life like a face between your palms, a plain face, no charming smile, no violet eyes, and you say, yes, I will take you. I will love you again. My name is Alice Judge. I chose Maya Angelou, and I know she's more commercial than some of these names I've heard here. She was responsible for a lot of quotes, and as I was searching the internet today, it said there is no greater, uh, if I can read my writer, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. And as a writer, I identified with that because I have so many, so many stories yet to come. So anyway, this is a miracle of friendship. A miracle called friendship dwells within the heart. You don't know how it happens or when it gets its start, but the happiness it gives you always gives a special lift. Then you realize that friendship is one of God's most precious gifts. And you know that's so true, isn't it? It was, it was extra credit to memorize this in fourth grade, and it just always stuck with me, and so I think that mm -hmm. makes it my favorite. And I, I, just the fact that it's sort of come back, I'll, I hope that I actually do it justice and, mm -hmm. and have it memorized appropriately. <laughs> um, Kobe Frangillo, this is uh, stopping by the woods on a snowy evening, Robert Frost. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch its woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. These woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. And miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. So my name is Steve Sherlock. This is from the Kabir book by Robert Bly, one of my favorite poets. Uh, Kabir was a Sufi poet from many, many, many years ago. Um, why it's one of my favorites, I grew up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. 
educated all through Catholic school, went to Assumption College, and got my mind blown when I went to a poetry reading from Robert Bly, and he's wearing these capes, and he's doing all kinds of things, and it's like, wow. And this one, I think, helps me introduce myself as I'm kind of introducing myself more and more comfortably these days as a poet. While people know of me as a reporter and journalist and citizen activist, I think ultimately I, I want to be known as a poet. So you, you, you'll hear at the end of this, I think. Friend, hope for the guest while you are alive. Jump into experience while you are alive. Think and think while you are alive. What you call salvation belongs to the time before death. If you don't break your ropes while you're alive, do you think ghosts will do it after? The idea that the soul will join with the ecstatic just because the body is rotten, that is all fantasy. What is found now is found then. If you find nothing now, you will simply end with an apartment in the city of death. If you make love with the divine now, in the next life, you will have the face of satisfied desire. So plunge into the truth. Find out who the teacher is. Believe in the great sound. Kabir says this, when the guest is being searched for, it is the intensity of the longing for the guest that does the work. Look at me and you will see a slave of that intensity. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Roy. I uh, am from Franklin. I happen to be a state representative and I apologize for being late, but uh, I had to do some poetry in Holliston and talk about climate change and global warming and uh, uh, how that's all coming together. And I actually did uh, talk about poetry uh, there because uh, what happened uh, in Brayton Point uh, and I'm going to diverge for a little bit. I'm going to take a, a road not taken uh, right now <laughs> and uh, say uh, Brayton Point was the home to the last coal-fired plant in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, producing dirty, dusty, grimy energy. And uh, I don't know if you recall, but about five years ago, they imploded the three towers that uh, they used to cool that plant uh, and left 42 barren acres in Somerset, Massachusetts, and uh, we are working on, and, and part of my most important work at the State House today is, is developing an offshore wind industry in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Those 42 barren acres were identified by a manufacturer from Italy, and they are going to build a manufacturing plant on that site of that coal-fired plant that is going to provide all of the cables for the uh, turbines bringing the power from the turbines into the land for the entire east coast of the United States of America. And if nothing spells poetry better than that, uh, I don't know what it is, but I did, I did tell you. It's, it's, it's gonna create jobs, it's gonna create clean energy, 
and it's going to help us fight uh, global warming and climate change. So, yes. You know, we always say poetic justice, but poetic and environmental justice. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but uh, the uh, poem I'm going to read, and I, I read this the last time you uh, did this program, Faith, back at the Senior Center. It's The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Why is it my favorite poem? It's my favorite poem because um, it's something that I feel I have to read every now and then. I remember reading this. I was the vice president of my class at Milford High School, and this was my, uh, my class speech to the graduates uh, when I was 17 years old, and uh, it's always stayed in, in my mind. And uh, I know an author did a whole book about this particular poem uh, and uh, what it means. And I know even, uh, I think Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin makes, uh, uh, makes some reference to this poem uh, where there are two roads you can go by, but in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. So everybody has that uh, uh, particular theme, but uh, I absolutely love this poem. And uh, what's the, uh, the other movie uh, that has this theme in it? Uh, the Big Fish. Uh, grab that movie from uh, for for this weekend when it's going to be pouring. I think tomorrow. Uh, so that's a that's a good. Uh, uh, but that also, I, I they come to a fork in the road in that movie, and uh, uh, the path they take is quite interesting. But uh, so let me read this poem. Uh, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept first for another day, Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. They shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. My name is Sarah Mabardi, and I'm going to read Desiderata by Max Ehrman. This is one of my favorite poems because in the busyness of today's world, it is a beautiful reminder on my wall to pause and be present and reflect on what's really important and be mindful of where you are in the moment and who you are in the moment. Desiderata. Go placidly amid the noise and the haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible, without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even to the dull and the ignorant. They too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexatious to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. 
keep interested in your own career, however humble. It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars, and you have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is, a, is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be. And whatever your labors and the aspirations in the noisy confusion of life, keep peace in your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful. Strive to be happy. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.